I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For sure. 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 For sure, 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 for sure. Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200 foot podcast. I'm Peter, and I am Bruised Toe, wanderer of the wastelands, heralder of the empty milk cartons. Oh wait, sorry. I thought I was on my doing my doomsday podcast. This is our hockey podcast. Hey, it's Jay. Pete, how you doing? I'm doing good. I went to the grocery store today, and I remember I used to wonder um, when I would play the Fallout games. I was like, who would actually dress like this with the giant gas mask on? And now I know. Uh, <laughs> so wow. anyway, this is our first episode since uh, the world changed. Uh, this is our first episode since the NHL season was suspended. Um, and to be honest, uh, Jay and I were talking about this before. The reason it's been like that is because we didn't really have too much to talk about. Like, I haven't really cared too much about hockey. Obviously, I still love hockey. But just with all the other stuff in the real world that's going on that affects, you know, people, you know, people close to me and stuff like that. It's just been kind of hard to work up the motivation to to sit down and talk about hockey but at the same time we wanted to make sure we got back to it we like we love doing the podcast we love talking to each other uh we love having guests on and one motivation for doing this episode this week is that we were able to get some guests on that we've been wanting to get on for a while and so putting those things together we we decided to do a podcast so obviously if you look at the show title you can already see it's not a you know it's not a surprise but we have with us from uh we have the three stars of the Winged Wheel podcast. I, I don't know. Have, have you ever been called stars before? Is this new? <laughs> that, that's Absolutely not. New. <laughs> there you go. Um, so in uh, we're going to do introduce them just one at a time uh, because obviously with five people on, it's going to be five different voices that could be hard to keep track of. Um, so first off, going alphabetically by last name, we got Ryan Hanna. How's it going today, Ryan? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having us on. It is good. It is good. We'll talk about, um, you know, the good and the bad, I guess, pretty soon. Uh, and up next, we have Brad Crisco. Hey, how's it going, guys? It is going. And last but not least, we have uh, Evan Lobsinger. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us on, guys. You're welcome. And actually, uh, uh, Ryan and I were talking before that um, our uh, our success rate of 100% of having you on our show is higher than your than your show. Yes, by a substantial percentage. Um, <laughs> well, you're ahead, Pete. I promise you. <laughs> so before we get into some stuff, we're, our plan for today is we want to talk about the obvious NHL news, the obvious um, hockey-related topics. Um, but, you know, 
on on the for sure podcast we also like talking about other things pop culture etc uh so i i know we're definitely going to get to you know what are we doing with our time now that we're not spending as much of it on hockey um but before we do that i just wanted to give you guys a chance to talk about your podcast a little bit right so um you know how did you guys get involved in hockey you know how did you guys get involved in in doing this podcast together um and for our listeners who haven't listened um you know why should they why should they listen like you know, what, what can they expect if they uh download an episode of your show Oh, this is uh, that, that's an interesting question, Pete. And you're putting us on the spot, and I think you'll get three different answers depending on who's uh, talking about it. Awesome. Um, like, I'm just going to like Rashomon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, quick background on us: we are nothing more than just three guys who love the Red Wings and love hockey and uh, love to talk. That's legitimately our entire formula. Um, it started off with uh, years ago on Reddit, over five years ago now. Uh, actually, Brad. Uh, put out a Reddit post saying, looking to start a, a Red Wings podcast. I live in the uh, Kitchener-Waterloo region of Ontario. So for those of you who don't know, that's like an hour outside of Toronto. Um, I'm a Windsor kid, so right across the river from Detroit. Uh, Brad and Evan are Kitchener locals, so careful not to look them in the eyes or they'll, they'll bite. Um, <laughs> so I responded, and then uh, uh, Brad uh, just ghosted me, which was rude. Um, <laughs> and then I, I had made a note elsewhere that I wanted to start a podcast, and then uh, I saw another one of Brad's comments in another area, and I was like, I, I direct messaged him. I was like, hey, jerk. I was like, let's do this. <laughs> and so uh, I met internet strangers um, in my hometown, and there were no stabbings, and we started the podcast. <laughs> and that that's essentially it. Like, I, I wish it was a more of a glamorous story, but uh, we haven't murdered each other yet. Um, I'll let Brad and Evan talk about what uh, people can expect if they downloaded an episode of the Winged Wheel podcast. Uh, nothing good, I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, and I need to clarify one thing Ryan said. There have been no stabbings yet. Ah, It's going to happen. We don't know who or when it's going to happen. No, but um, I think the thing that makes our podcast unique is because we come from all different angles of hockey. Ryan grew up in Windsor. So he grew up around the Detroit Red Wings his whole life. Me and Evan were starved for Red Wings content where we are, which was a large motivation for why I wanted to start this because quite honestly, I just couldn't talk about the Leafs anymore. I couldn't, I (laughs) I physically couldn't stand it. We all uh, played um, hockey at a very competitive level so we can appreciate the intricacies of the game from an on ice level, a fan perspective. And now Air quotations, media perspective, even though that sounds dumb referring to ourselves, but whatever it is, what it is. So you couple that with um, three attention spans that don't last longer than 30 seconds at a time, (laughs) open mics, and uh, I I feel it leads to a pretty entertaining product. I think that basically summed it all up between you two. Um, (laughs) But I think what our mission is with the podcast is to just make the listener feel like they're the fourth person in the room. Um, we do get tangential at times, but I think that's what kind of brings everything together and gives a more casual feel to our podcast. Yeah. I remember when we were starting our show, um, our good friend, Rob, who uh, he's a uh, puck and bourbon on Twitter. Uh, you might've seen him around the Red Wings stuff. He, uh, I think he described our show as like two guys talking about hockey at the end of the bar. And I was like, that's cool. I think that's what we're going for. Um, and, that's and, a good and I, vibe. Yeah. And I mean, like, I kind of get the same vibe listening to your show. So I think 
I think people that like our show would definitely like your show and, and, and maybe vice versa. Um, so Jay, so, so start us off. What are we going to talk about in terms of hockey? I mean, there is so much going on just like day after day, just, you know, NHL.com, TSN just flooded with hockey, brand new news. It's, it's, it's hard to pick through. Yeah. Um, I, I actually had to, uh, put a bunch of uh, post-it notes on the wall and just throw darts just to see which ones we could talk about or which ones to start with. But um, in essence, uh, I guess I just wanted to uh, start the topic uh, forum off with, um, hey, does anybody feel like this just feels exactly like when we were waiting for a lockout to end? You know, because it kind of feels like there's been enough... Again, what... What a decade this week has been. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, feeling feeling like there's been no hockey has been, you know, like there's the logical and then there's the emotional uh, time uh, transfer all here. So, you know, it, it's kind of weird because it's not I think this is the first time we're waiting to hockey, waiting for hockey to come back. And it is is in no way because either Don Fair isn't picking up his phone or Gary Bettman's not picking up his phone. So it's it's kind of new territory waiting for hockey to come back. So, you know, like we've, we've also seen, geez, the suggestions about the lottery stuff. So I let, let's, let's start off with what we should do with the lottery. Um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll open it up to you guys first. Uh, you guys being the, uh, the three musketeers of the winged wheel pod, because, um, whatever happens with the lottery is obviously, very much so going to affect, you know, the Red Wings. So uh, what what are your feelings on, you know, should you know, should they entertain a, a retool of the format or uh, does it make the most sense to just kind of, you know, because it it's not that we didn't have last place locked up. We had it. We, we locked it up, I think, a good four or five games before the season was suspended. So what do you what are your feelings towards uh, what? should be the 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 number one pick for um the team that is uh you know the detroit red wings (laughs) well first and foremost out of uh concern for my fellow citizens we should not put anybody in a room to do a lottery uh i'm assuming a lottery takes more than five people so the province of ontario just banned gatherings of more than five people so the only fair way to do this is just go in reverse order of standings there's no other option um, but in reality, I don't think they're going to change a thing. I, it's going to be the same weighted odds. Um, it's just going to be dependent on how they decide to finish the regular season. So if it's points percentage now, if they play out the last 10, 11, 12 games, doesn't really matter. I think the lottery format for this year will not change. I think all the major changes we're going to see are going to come around uh, the off-season uh, cap implications. I think the draft and the draft lottery structure probably isn't going to change. Yeah, I agree with you, Brad. I, I think they're going to try and maintain as much alignment with this season as they plan to from the from day one of the, the season. Um, so I don't see them going by any other way of doing it than points percentage, exactly how it is right now. And either they'll finish out the rest of the season uh the regular season or they'll keep it as is i don't think there'll be any drastic changes in that regard and and one point to add to all this is uh 
you know, com- agreeing completely with the fact that none of the changes should come to the bottom of the lottery or the top, I should say. Um, people are talking about making these drastic changes or there's that team or teams that made the suggestion of a tournament. They have to keep in mind these GMs construct their teams with this in mind. A GM like Steve Eisman, who knows he has a league bottom team, constructed his team in a way to make sure that he got the 31st pick. It's not a coincidence that the Red Wings locked it up so early by such a wide margin. Yeah, it was probably inevitable that they'd end up 29th to 31st, but Steve Eisenman did a very obvious and good job of ensuring that pick. That's why when there's detractors to uh, the gold plan, um, uh, alternative to the draft lottery, they say, well, uh, your team's going to lose no matter what. Like They were going to suck. You wouldn't want the gold plan now. No, Eisenman probably would have handled the team in a different way. So by changing that system now, you've essentially wasted and burned the Detroit Red Wings for a year. Um, and the fans, because they had to watch that product on the ice for, <laughs> for 68, 69 games, and, and it would not go over well if they just kind of pulled the rug out from under them. Yeah, and not to mention, like, we had to come up with content for this season based on oh, this horrific God. horror We've show. We've been in this quarantine since October. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so I, it, it's interesting because all three of you, uh, unless I'm mistaken, you all are operating under the assumption that the season will continue, meaning either finish up the season or just go right into playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that this season's done. I actually somewhat agree with you, Peter. I think it's it's a growing, growing chance that they just outright cancel the season. It's not a po- it's not a popular sentiment, but. Yeah. <laughs> watching the the world trends and professional sports trends it's in every league's best interest to try and save that off for as long as possible and i don't mm. want to say the writing's on the wall but it's a pretty big elephant in the room yeah i mean like the olympics are getting postponed um the i mean obviously that's a little i guess could be considered a little different because you have athletes gathering from all different countries and obviously that is like the last thing you want to do in the midst of hopefully at that point maybe a dying global pandemic or a global pandemic that hopefully is on its way down in june uh but that seems like an incredibly dumb thing to do to to put all those athletes from all different countries together um but yeah i mean i think i i don't want this to be true but just just looking at like the suggestions that have been floated, they, I don't know. I, I just don't, I just don't see it working because the, the one where they come back and they, you know, they play the, like the, what was it like August or something? Um, unless they also decide to shorten next season, like you're going to have a lot of people getting hurt next season because of the incredibly short off season. So I think that they're going to get to a point where they, they just say, like you know, the, the the best of a bad you know the the best one of bad options i think they're gonna they're gonna end up canceling it i i would like to be wrong i would like to see more hockey this year um i guess we'll <laughs> i guess we'll have to see that's gonna be weird now like so it if that happens like like what's the fallout like what do you think the fallout's gonna be for like the league going forward that seems like a you know it's uncharted territory i don't think has has that ever happened i can't think of like a season ending and then not finishing i mean obviously we've had the lockouts and the shortened season but i've never i can't think of a time it happened that way 1919 due to the spanish flu oh there we go look at that we got sean mcadoo over here (laughs) yeah what the uh yeah yeah go ahead no i was gonna say the uh i 
to get back to the one point, I tend to fall on the bit more optimistic side uh, than Pete and Ryan, because I, I think we will see a conclusion to this season when or how I'm not even going to attempt to speculate too much on because there's still way too many variables. But the one big advantage that this quarantine is giving professional sports right now is time because they have nothing to do right now but sit there and think and map out a million different ways they could finish this season. They could shorten the playoffs. They could do tournament style, best of five series. They're already asking teams for their arena availabilities in August. Now, Bettman has went on record as saying he wants to have an 82-game regular season next year and a full season, which I understand why he would want to do that because it's revenue, it's money. They're getting killed financially right now, so they can't afford to have a shortened season this year and then shorten it next year, assuming the virus slows down enough that this is even possible. Um, because three months from now, if we're starting back up in July, they'll have a better idea of protocols, how to do this empty arena, full arena. Are we in this? Are we over this? Who knows, but they'll have a better idea by then. At least I hope we do. Mm -hmm. But where I think they could pull this off successfully, even if this runs late into August, maybe even September, is you can condense next season by getting rid of the all-star break and by getting rid of the rest week periods that all the teams are getting. You don't have to start the season October 10th to do that. You could start middle and middle to late November and then, shorten next off season by a little bit the season after that you bump it up to late october shorten that off season a little bit and then you just kind of gradually get it back to a normal time frame that way they're not losing out on seasons and still as bettman always phrases it able to hand out the stanley cup this season again that's just my optimistic view because until this the peak of this virus hits we don't know anything so it's all speculation but just to give the counter point there i think that's what they have in mind in terms of how to save this season going forward they'll crunch the schedule like crazy they'll you'll see probably double the amount of back-to-backs you won't see all-star break you won't see any of those prolonged uh, periods of teams taking time off and if they want an 82 game season they'll fit it in somehow stanley cup might not be awarded in june it may still be august but they'll make up a month from the 2020 season. Yeah, just I'm not saying that's not possible. I mean, I, I get that logistically, but at the same time, you know, the reason that they have those breaks built in and the reason that they, you know, space the games out as much as they do, even though, you know, a lot of times there's teams playing a lot of games in a short period of time, um, you know, is, is because of the, 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 the incredibly physical nature of the sport and people get hurt. And I mean, I'm just I'm just wondering how much of a thought is going to be given to that, because I'm sure I'm sure they are going to think about that. But, you know, we've seen I mean, this is a league that, you know, says that they care about head injuries and they certainly don't act like they do. So I'm wondering I'm wondering how much like the Players Association would push against that. Probably Uh, heavily, I would assume if I'm a player, I don't want to play more games in less time. The thing is, though. If the league loses revenue, the players lose revenue because their escrow will just get hammered. Yeah. Um, so I think they're going to want to play the 82 games uh, as well. They will obviously have major concerns about how the schedule is packed. But 
ultimately what I think the league will probably end up saying is it's going to come down to the teams to properly manage their players. Uh, because if you're the Red Wings next year and you're even halfway competitive and they're playing a condensed schedule, I don't think you can have Dylan Larkin playing 22 to 24 minutes a night, especially given the situation uh, situations that he plays in. We might start to see the NBA model if that happens, where a Dylan Larkin gets a rest night. If it's like, okay, well, we've got three games in five days. Uh, it's Tampa, Toronto, and Boston, or whoever it is. Yeah, there's no way we can play Larkin 22 minutes a night over those games. Maybe we only play him 14 in one game or just sit him out entirely for a game. I would not be shocked to see that happen. I don't love the concept of rest days, but it might be a necessary evil. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that I think that makes sense. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like you're you're everyone here is right. Like ACLs are going to be torn concussions are, are going to be re like, you know, people are going to come back too soon. Just a lot of like those bump and bruise injuries that aren't going to be able to heal. Um, and that's bad. And the PA is definitely going to say something about it as is their responsibility to do. And I, I think as they're usually pretty inclined to do in, in situations of player safety, but um, I think that would be a much louder argument from them. If we were talking about a voluntary change, you know, if, if someone was pitching to expand the season into like 90 games over the same time span. Not that's not a real thing, but just to put it out there. But because we're talking about tens of millions of dollars in lost revenue, which directly affects the players' pockets, as as much as you might think this is sad, you know, cash is king. Like the, mm. the players at the end of the day are not going to sign off on a resolution where they still or are they're they're going to sign off on the resolution where they play the hockey, have a little bit more risk, but still have more of their guaranteed money. Ah, uh, yes, the money thing, that very important thing. Well, good points all around on that. Uh, we're going to move on, but just before that, we're going to take a short ad break, and when we come back, uh, let's uh, let's get creative. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Throughout all of this, I was kind of, you know, as you guys were talking, I was kind of gazing, I... I I don't know. I, I know this is a weird place to reveal to you guys, but I have uh, I have the time infinity stone. And so while you guys were talking, I kind of looked at a couple of the possible futures, not all 14 plus million of them, just just a couple because we're not exactly uh, dealing with a Thanos level threat. At least we don't know that yet. But um, the other thing I was considering and weighing on this, because um, if if we're leaning towards the positivity option here um sadly we've seen the way that the public reacts after a crisis uh almost to a fault in terms of uh glorifying certain aspects of normal life now that they actually get to do it again so there was <laughs> there was this post i kept seeing on facebook just like when this is all over you know the movie theaters will be packed every game will be sold out and and i was thinking like you know if 
you know, I, I certainly hope that that type of thinking isn't going to interfere uh, with, you know, obviously making sure that this thing is under control and, and moving on from there. But, you know, there's there's something to be said about the strange opportunity that this whole thing presents, because I've I've been a long uh, advocate for. Uh, shortening sports seasons just all together. 80, 82 games is too long for hockey. It's too long for basketball. 162, way too long for basketball. I think, you know, this is where I hate giving the NFL credit because when you build a product that, you know, for logistically only gets to be played on the day where everybody pretty much doesn't have anything to do. I mean, yeah, they pretty much figured it out a long time ago. You know, it, it, it kind of stinks that you, you know, can't directly adapt it. But, you know, looking at what this uh, uh, postponement slash suspension looks like, you know, it, this is this is where I feel like there could be some sort of creative thought process behind how do we want to go moving forward? Because, like you said, because they have all this time, you know, they're crunching the schedule, they're, they're doing all this stuff. You know, I, I I'm very curious as to what attendance is going to be afterwards because you know this isn't this isn't a, a going to be a post lockout attendance problem you know this is you know because before it was like okay so we've done the lockout and we've made an a uh, made an agreement everybody shook hands we're going to play hockey and then the league had to do a lot of goodwill type stuff you know granted we can argue till the cows come home on whether or not they actually succeeded in doing that starting in 05 but you know there's a lot to be said for what they were trying to do. So, but this is the first time that they're going to come back from a season where it's like, it wasn't their fault. So, you know, but we're still talking about the proximity of people. You know, most of these buildings were still built to pack people in. It's not, (laughs) it's not six. You can't remove every, you know, fifth seat. You can't really do social distancing with this stuff. So, you know, you know, okay. So let's say they come back, right. Are people going to show up? So I'm sure that they're thinking about that, but, you know, w- w- with all of that in mind, I actually wanted us to get a little creative here because obviously everybody wants to uh, fill the giant gaping hole in our hearts that hockey left us. Right. So, you know, let's say this thing gets under control and uh, they say they want to come back. Let's say they can come back far sooner than August. So, you know, what what sort of cockamamie out of left field under no circumstances would this be allowed under any uh, uh, consideration, but because, you know, we're all inside and losing our minds and running out of Tiger King specials to watch, uh, what would you think a playoff format under these circumstances should look like? Oh, if you want to get weird, I actually suggested this on our last episode, straight up March madness. If you've got a month to do it, just go for it. Straight up March 16 team March madness tournament and be done with it. It'd be, the most unfair, ludicrous way the Stanley Cup's ever been presented, but mm-hmm. one game, single game elimination hockey would be the craziest hockey we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> uh, I want to point out a few things here. First of all, I'm glad that you said you have the time stone because we're fairly certain Evan has all of the rest. Can you just <laughs> do anything with us? He just kind of smirks at us anytime we uh, we trash talk him on the podcast. So glad to know he's not cool. I don't understand this reference at all. <laughs> <laughs> and there's quintessential Evan. Um, I don't know. I, I think Brad's idea of the March Madness is like even too wacky from for my ilk. I'm a little bit of a 
I'm guilty of being a traditionalist at times, but if you want to get crazy, I think you can take something like, um, and this is like just a classic Jeff Merrick idea, take like the, the 24 most realistic teams that could make the playoffs or have made it. So everyone, save for the people at the bottom of the bottom, and you give all of them an opportunity to opt in to a kind of a play-in tournament. Whoever wants to opt out, congratulations, you're now considered part of the draft lottery. Anyone who opts in, you're not. So teams have a choice to make. So Montreal, what do you do? You've always been publicly saying that you want to make it, but realistically, you look at your odds, not so great. Do you reward your fans by playing games, or do you sit the rest of the season out and increase your opportunity of drafting Alexi Lafreniere on your home stage? Um, and then for whatever you know, 20 or 19 or 18 teams that opt in, you do some kind of weird, messed up, convoluted <laughs> ass trip play-in tournament until you have 16 teams, or even if you want to reduce it to eight uh, and just simulate the last two rounds of the playoffs. Um, I feel dirty for even saying that, and I'm already scared of my Twitter mentions. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I've found the solution for that, which is I, I am not on Twitter anymore, so I've, I've fixed the problem. <laughs> even better. <laughs> um here, pete's over here like the bobs from office space no 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 we fixed the glitch so yeah. we're just hoping that everything just kind of works itself out yeah I, I i'm not on twitter and every time somebody posts on twitter i get one one tenth one 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 millionth of a cent is deposited into my account so i really do i really win um uh, <laughs> <laughs> see now now you make me want to watch that movie again i haven't watched it in a while um pete, I, you've got time We've all I know. Got time. <laughs> I know. I am. I am a fan of. And obviously, I am not the first one to come up with this. People have been talking about this uh, for a while. Um, I've always. I, I. I've been a fan of going to a, um, like a one through sixteen seed, and the top eight seeds get to pick their opponents. And I know that people have said, "Oh, you know, it's to travel." Um, I I don't think it's really that much of a, a hindrance to it. I mean, if you look at some of the teams, um, you know, like when Detroit was in the Western Conference, they were having to travel, you know, most of the way across the country if they were going to go play Anaheim or something like that or San Jose. Um, I don't think it's that big of a hindrance. I think it would be awesome. I think it would be very fun. Um, I think it would be interesting because teams would then have to basically publicly tell the other teams what they think of them because they would, you know, choose like, say, you know, Boston was up. They'd be like, we want to play Toronto because we know that they can't beat us. You know, that would be fantastic. I would be all for it. And because of that, it will never happen in the NHL. <laughs> Any normal season, I'm 100% with you on the choosing your team. Although I think if they ever went that route, they'd probably still keep it within conference. Yeah, I, um, I agree. Yeah. The one thing I do want to see that I think is actually realistic um, is a reseeding of the final four. So okay. just. Just do a one to eight playoff format or even keep it as it is now. I don't really care either way. But when you get to the final four, it goes top seed versus low seed. So even if they're in the same conference or different conference, it doesn't matter. That way you could get any Stanley Cup final oh. imaginable. So, I see what you're saying. I like that. Yeah. So the final four could be Boston versus Vancouver, Montreal versus Chicago. And then the cup final could, in theory, be Boston versus Montreal and that would be one of the craziest hockey series you'd ever see. And that way you can get some of the best rivalries in hockey on the ultimate stage. Could you imagine four or five years ago, a Pittsburgh Washington cup final? That would be incredible. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's my kind of dream in a normal season of reframing the playoff format. 
I, I'd be in for that. I, I like that idea. I, I, I've always been a fan of any way that we could have a, a like an all conference Stanley Cup final, like all East or all West. I, I'm 100 percent on board with any way that we could get there. I like that. I was uh, I was trying to, you know, I, I, I appreciate what what everybody said so far. But gosh, I just don't think we've gone far enough. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to I want to Dom Cobb inception this. We need to go deeper. And okay. And 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 the my my crazy idea was basically uh, taking your March Madness idea, but what we're doing is uh, we're we're basically picking a neutral site, and it's all Thunderdome, and it's all consecutive. So all the games are happening back to back to back to back to back. So like the like if you get a. It, the the first games happen and then if you win congratulations you're going out there for the next one so you're already so it's basically setting up just massive un, un, uneven one-sided things just back to back but it's all in one location it's and there's no every, everybody's worried about travel fine we'll eliminate consistent travel across the place we're gonna pick a neutral site we'll pick like the moto the moto globe dome in in sweden or something everybody stays in their own hotel everybody gets to you know have their own setup uh, but then the other thing is uh, when you lose, uh, you have to then um, be, then then you know you're you're you have to like you're basically you're you're restricted to have to actually watch from the stands. Like you have to like if you lose, you literally walk off the ice into the stands and you sit there and you watch everybody else play for it. So just think of like a Amer- <laughs> think of it like the 24 hours of Le Mans, but for hockey. That's that's what the I equ- want this to be. The equipment is gonna smell so bad. My <laughs> God. Uh, yeah it'd be it'd be great and then and then what's great is just like burning man at the end of the whole thing everybody burns their stuff (laughs) they they hand out the stanley cup and then they go outside they place it on a giant effigy in the form of 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 bettman or somebody else they throw a match on it they watch it burn it warms everybody's hearts and their and their uh and their bodies and then and then and then everybody just goes home so that's i i do like that there's a I do like that we're getting good ideas and good good stuff, and then you know at the same time because the universe is a is a is a fickle mistress, you know that almost assures that none of it will happen. But you know there's there's something to be said about these unique circumstances that could obviously, you know, you, you can see both sides of it because it's like okay, so we've come up with something crazy to win for to hand out the Stanley Cup this year. But then you're going to have so many diaper babies going like, oh, the only way that you could have won that cup was because everyone was affected by a virus. You ain't <laughs> nothing. You ain't crap. You know, think about all the all the smack talk that'll happen in bars. We're like, oh, the, the only way Buffalo got its first cup is for, you know, the entire planet to be on lockdown. You know, it's, <laughs> you you obviously want the, the you know, I, I do appreciate that the league wants the their. The, the most exciting trophy in all of sports to be handed out under the correct and noble and most sportsmanship like conse- uh, uh, circumstances. But, you know, if they keep saying they got to preserve it, I think they're obviously, you know, yes, they're, they have time, but at this point, I think they should act like they have no time and come up with something that could do it. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm surprised the teams haven't been like pleading to their fan bases. Hey, we need the top six NHL 20 players from our fan base. You know, we're just, it's all going to be the, the esports gaming 
mega thing. We're actually going to hand out the Stanley Cup <laughs> on Xbox Live or the PlayStation <laughs> Network or Nintendo Switch. And and then and then it'll be great. It'll it'll unify the planet. It'll be, you know, like like think miracle, but in people's basements. It'll it, it's going to be great. So up next, we're going to head to our uh, reader questions. But uh, before that, we're going to take our second ad break. So stick around, and we will let you know just what it took to get this question to us. Putting all that aside, I understand that we actually might have something serious to talk about, and and, and I'm going to throw it to Pete because despite all of the restrictions, despite all of the lockdowns and stay-at-home orders, people have defied them to send us a reader question. They have risked life and limb to send it to us. So, Peter, regale us with what this brave soul has traveled so far to give us. Yeah, somebody walked all the way to my house and stood six feet away from me with arms outstretched and handed me this reader question. Um, so the question is now, um, I, I gave everybody a little heads up about this because this is a question where it would take a long time to do research, etc. Um, so I'll read you the question and then I'll kind of say how I think we're going to answer it. So first of all, it is from Brad Hughes, uh, who frequently asks questions on our show. So thanks, Brad. Thanks for listening and thanks for uh, participating, interacting and asking questions. Uh, so the question is in the 2014 draft, the wings chose Dylan Larkin with the 15th pick. Who would they have ended up with in a 2014 redraft? Now, obviously, this would take a long time to go through and look at all the, you know, you know, look at all the first few rounds and reorder it, etc. So I cheated a little bit. I, I went and I found Corey Pronman's uh, article from earlier this year in February where he did basically just this. So what I'm going to do for um, uh, for our, our people listening at home, I'm going to give you the players that he redrafted up until the Red Wings pick. And then I'll, I'll tell you who he had. And then we can talk about if we think that's what they would have done. That's what they should have done. Or if they could have, you know, would have been better off taking one of the other players that would be available in this redraft by Corey Pronman. So first of all, um, in, in order, starting from number one, we have Leon Dreisaitl, we have Pasternak, we have Braden Point. We have Dylan Larkin going at four to Calgary uh, in this alternate universe. We have William Le- William Nylander at five, uh, Sam Reinhardt at six, Aaron Ekblad at seven. He's the number one draft pick that year, dropping all the way to seven in this redraft. Uh, we have the Maple Leafs taking Arvidsson, uh, Victor Arvidsson at eight, uh, Nikolai Ehlers going at number nine. Uh, we have uh, Verana going at 10. Uh, Victor Olofsson at 11. We have Christian Dvorak at 12. Jared McCann at 13. Kasperi Kapanen at 14, which leaves us to the Red Wings pick. Uh, Corey Pronman has uh, them taking Alex Tuck. Um, he's a right wing, uh, and that's who he has there. Obviously, um, you know, if, if we look at the article, we can scroll down and see what we think. Um, so I'm going to throw it to you guys first, because I know from listening to your podcast, I know you do a lot of uh, draft analysis. Um, I think if I if I look cor- correctly, I think you had our our good friend Will on, I think, your last episode or a recent episode to talk about the draft. Um, so I'm going to throw it to you guys and whoever wants to jump in first. Uh, what do you think? Uh, so. Alex Tuck would be a good pick for Detroit. He's He'd be the safe pick in there because we know what he is. A good second-line winger is going to put up a decent amount of points. I'd be tempted to look at Kevin Fiala there as well, given how hot he got towards the uh, second half of the season. 
But my personal draft philosophy, especially on a first round pick, is swing for the fences. You need to get impact players in the first round. You can't settle for the Freddie Goches or the Riley Shahans of the world. You need to find a franchise changer, especially if you're in the top half of the first round. So if I'm the Red Wings picking in this redraft after who's been selected, I'm taking Igor Shesterkin. I'm looking for my goalie of the future at that point. And I mean, Tuck and Fiala and everybody else in that range are fine players, but they don't change the direction of your franchise, especially a team like the Red Wings right now who don't have a goalie of the future. Mm-hmm. I think Shestorkin would be a game changer for them at this point. That makes sense. It's rude of Brad to steal my answer. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think Tuck is a really uh, a good pick there. I also would have considered an Andre Kasha. Um, I, I probably he'd be in my upper echelon of who I would take in this redraft. Um, I'm very, I lean towards defense whenever I can find it. I think that the Red Wings defensive core is still god awful. And not that that's the only hole on this team. It's just been such a gaping one ever since Lidstrom retired. I think uh, the version of me six years ago, five or six years ago, would have wanted even more so to short that up because there would have been no uh, Heronic, there would have been no cider in the system at that point. Um, I would look at a guy like maybe Brandon Montour, uh, Anthony D'Angelo. Uh, you look at also someone um, like Travis Sanheim, um, though those guys haven't exactly panned out in the like, you know true top pairing defenseman swing for the fences way Brad's kind of mentioned. Um, I'm also a big believer in giving uh, defensemen a lot of time to develop. Um, it's a very um, hockey IQ and experienced uh, focus position, I should say. I, I think getting your 200 or so reps in can really show what you are as a player. So if, for example, the Red Wings had an opportunity right now to get Travis Sanheim from Philly, I would be ecstatic because I think they can get him at a pretty decent price considering what his upper upper limit is there. So mm-hmm. I, I would probably shoot for a, a Sanheim if you're not going the Andre Kasha route. Um, I think Shostyorkin is also like a really great pick for the exact reason that Brad said. Um, it's risky. Uh, it's not conventional thinking. But if you're looking at someone in there who could possibly be a, a game changer, like a franchise uh, changer for you, you're looking at an Elvis uh, Merzlikens or a, a Igor Shesterkin. So there's like two people left in the draft for me to pick in the first round now. <laughs> Brian just named 15 people. Um, I mean, who's left? I'm almost on the draft board at this point. Um, you might like Danton Heinen, but I think that might be a little late picking at 15. Um, you might like someone like Victor Olofsson. He's 24 now, but and it's only his first year in the NHL, so maybe not. Um, maybe you take Robbie Fabry. Who knows? <laughs> he wouldn't be a bad pick uh, looking at it now. He may have had a different injury situation not being in, in St. Louis. Um, I don't. Is there anybody else? I, <laughs> that's it, I think. I, I agree with both of... With, I, Igor Shesterkin was going to be one of my picks. Um, so he kind of took it. Kaskberry Kapanen might have been a good pick as well. Um, we certainly wouldn't have got a, a Dylan Larkin at 15. Yeah. Um, it was really nice to see, you know, I, I was talking with Pete about this before we started recording. It, it, like, just in terms of, like, knowing someone's value 
and based on what they're, you know, like, yes, at the end of the day, it'd be so nice if everybody projected it exactly the way that, depending upon how they were hyped and stuff. So, like, looking back at these drafts, I just love doing them. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I really want that good player. And then you think about it, like, wait a minute, nobody had... Nobody has any idea what they're doing sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. like, what, like, what does this even shake out to? And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mind that it's, 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 it's a lot of fun to do the, the what if draft stuff. But you know, again, I, I, I told Pete the only draft that I've ever interacted with where it's like, yes, there is absolute straight up, almost in what feels like intentional incompetence. Was the the LeBron James draft where the Pistons uh, drafted Darko Milicic when Carmelo Anthony and other players were available? That was like the most egregious, just mishandling of of a situation. You know, like imagine if the Wings got you know the number two pick this year, and then like someone else picks a lot for the year, and then we decide to take just like a random scrub instead of actually doing the research and whatnot. So it it, it would drive everybody insane, uh, mm-hmm. which which you know that's that's <laughs> not something we're unfamiliar with, but. Um, yeah, there's, I don't know, I, I, I would, I, looking back on this, I'm really excited to see that there's, you know, in, in pretty much any scenario, we would still get a good player. That's, mm-hmm. that's I, I guess that's the nice thing to take away yeah. from doing these redrafts, because, you know, at the end of the day, all those players paint out pretty darn well. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it sucked to see Larkin in a, in a different uniform, you know, if we were already in love with him, <laughs> and then we had to see him get go to another team. But um, I, I like the, sh- the, the Shorster... <laughs> just, just Worcestershire. Uh, Worcestershire. Jay. Worcestershire. Yeah. Yes. Worcestershire. Yeah. 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 Sh- sh- uh, the, 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 the goldtender. The goal, That's the goal the, or Elvis. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Elvis or Worcestershire. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've significant, I've sufficiently made a fool of myself. So I am, I, I have one before we, before we wrap up this part. Um, I am going to go off board. Um, I am going to go with the, uh, I, I also agree with, with with what Brad said before about um, you know you want to you want to really try to swing for the fences on these picks. Um, I uh, and remember this is an alternate universe, right? So who knows like if the same things that happened would have happened? I I personally don't think they would. I'm picking Josh Hosang. Ooh, I my I thought he would fall lower than yeah. where he was drafted by the Islanders. Yep, I I know that this is probably an unpopular opinion. Well, a, a popular opinion in some some circles. Some some people might agree. Um, I am of the opinion that Hosang got a raw deal in New York. Um, I've, granted, I don't know. I don't know every single thing that happened. I don't know if there's other stuff behind the scenes that we weren't told about. Um, but it seemed like he was treated differently than other players were. Um, it never seemed like he got a real chance. Uh, every time I saw him play he looked really impressive he looked like the type of player that you know definitely had some some flaws that could be fixed um and so i would take the chance that we could have developed him better um and i could be completely wrong and he could be in the ahl forever uh like it seems like he's going to be but um well partially because all the other players were taken so (laughs) (laughs) thanks thanks ron sorry no it's all all good it's all good um (laughs) As we ha- we got a comment on one of our YouTube videos um, recently that we should just change the name of the Winged Wheel podcast to the Ryan Hanna is a prick show. So um, I, I should have given you a warning about that before I, I went off and started stealing your content. It's all good. <laughs> um, it's all good. So so one thing I wrote down on the on the the, the little unofficial outline here was. Uh, something that I think we can kind of talk about. Um, I'm not sure like the extent we're going to want to talk about it, but. Um, 
so all of us in some way uh, are people that are affected by the um, you know, the NHL shutting down uh, in different ways. Obviously, you guys have a a podcast, a biweekly podcast uh, where, uh, you know, you have a Patreon attached to it. Um, so, you know, it seems to me, I'm guessing you know, we could talk about it like you, know, you can't just kind of do what Jay and I did and not really do one for a while. Um, Jay, I, I'm not sure how much you want to talk about your situation. Uh, you know, I'll let you talk about, you know, whatever it is that you want to talk about. Um, I mean, I'm probably the least affected, but, you know, I still, you know, I'm, uh, you know, deputy manager for, you know, the Winging and Motown site. And basically all of our content has gone away uh, other than, you know, stuff that we could do in the normal off season. But, um, you know, we're not having new things. We're not having new rumors to talk about. We're not having new, new, you know, games to, to, to watch through our fingers and hope that this game is going to be one of the ones that's actually watchable. And it's not like a horror movie. Um, so actually, Jay, I'll throw it to you first. So, um, you know, what do you think about this? Like the effect that it's having on people that aren't players who, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they don't count, but, you know, players are, are making, you know, a good amount of money to play hockey. Like they're they're not as financially dependent uh, on a a shutdown for a couple months. Well, I, I mean, my my personal uh, uh, stake or, or or situation in all this is, um, you know, we're we're talking about an an entire in, an entire industry that's uh, hit pause, and um, working literally in sports, uh, you know, hasn't really. I, I guess it just it shows you the magnitude of of, of the situation because um, I <laughs> I've had some peculiar luck when it comes to certain uh, stoppages or disputes when it comes to industries either shutting down or not paying people. Um, I was actually uh, working on Extreme Makeover Home Edition during the writer's strike, but the reason I was still able to get paid and uh, actually still continue to work on the show is because uh, even though it's a TV show, because it's a reality show, they didn't technically have writers. They had what were called segment producers, which allowed us to still you know, make TV. So like the, 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 you know, the industry as a whole still kind of you know, eked forward. But, you know, anytime there's been any other crisis, sports has still happened. You know, sports has still gone on, and I haven't really had to worry about it too much. So when this was all everybody full stop, you know, I, I, I'm I currently affected by the, the freelancer uh, uh, dilemma with a bunch of the uh, uh, regional channels currently. I, I, there's, there's a deal that's currently being worked out to try and advance some, uh, some funds to support everybody, but... You know, there's there's obvious, you know, everybody's got to cross the T's, dot the I's, make sure everything is, um, you know, correctly in place to, in order to compensate people. Because, you know, as it stands right now, I'm still able to do some of my work, but because there are no games being played, um, there there's only so much like we can do. And we're we're, we're trying to come up with, uh, you know, different social uh, and, and, and video uh, ideas to. Um, you know, to, to keep people entertained largely right now, it is, it is legacy games, baby. You know, if hmm. there is, <laughs> if you, if you were ever unsure or wondering where you were going to see either old games or old footage, this is your, this is your Renaissance. This is your dawning of the age of Aquarius. Cause, <laughs> uh, we are, we've gone into our, our tape vault. We've, we've, you know, we, we still want to bring people, 
the the joy of sports you know this is you know as as we all pause for reflection and all this stuff about where our uh, current careers lie i mean I, I i've always been aware of the importance of 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 recreation and and how sports can can represent that and and, and stuff but you know when it's it stinks that it's something that's tied to livelihood. You know, it'd be nice if it could just be like, oh, yeah, we're not playing sports because we're focusing ourselves. But because we've attached money, <laughs> because we've attached money to kids games, you know, that old chestnut, uh, it's it's a little tough. So, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, for the casual person who didn't have a, a stake in it, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much they're like truly affected by it. Maybe, you know, again, we're talking about from the local aspect, all the teams weren't doing too hot. So, you know, I, I remember when the season was first suspended we got a lot of comments like, hey, man, you know, what do you mean the season's canceled? The season was canceled back in October. You know, you got every Jimmy Fallon coming out of the word work to, <laughs> to try and roast us about it. Right. And uh, it's it's annoying, but it's but it's died off because I think people realize where it's like, yeah, it's far ingrained in in our stuff. So, yeah, it's 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 uh, somewhat of a struggle right now, but nowhere near the other type of struggles that everyone else is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an either or. Thing. Like, I think it, yeah, it sucks, but then also I think it's allowing people to kind of reassess what they, what they want to do and, and how they want to spend their time. It just sucks that there's livelihoods attached to it. I, yeah. I, I, I really, I really wish that there was, you know, for, for everybody to be so surprised at, you know, oh man, like we have to pay people. It's like, yeah, man, you do. <laughs> so that that's my perspective. So I, I I'm I'm welcome uh, as someone who's on the inside. Just want to say, enjoy being on the outside. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what about you guys with uh, with your podcast? Like, how is this affecting you? Uh, yeah, we we mentioned before that we're uh, we are trying for as long as we can to do it in person. Uh, we all live pretty close to each other, um, and we all kind of were pretty openly communicating about what we were doing. Okay, we were home from work for two weeks. Okay, we were all isolating the same way. So we're kind of just treating ourselves as a big uh, isolation unit, like as if we're all living in one house, which would never happen because then that aforementioned stabbing would very quickly be accelerated. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, it it started like anyone else to affect us. Like one of our partners got sick or, um, you know, uh, my girlfriend would have to go into work because she's essential services. And, uh, Brad woke up with a scratchy throat, so we were like, "All right, we're not special. Like this is affecting us." And in, in the grand scheme of things, like we're all lucky. We're we're safe. We're happy. We're healthy. Um, our families are okay. And and if we have to record a podcast from from the luxury of our own homes, and we might struggle to get the mics that we need in for a little mm-hmm. while, like that, that's the least of what um, we can be we can be doing. Um, we we've talked amongst ourselves as to how we can support um, something that we started up. Um, that we hope uh, can continue and people keep sending these submissions to us is that on each episode of the winged wheel podcast um, advertising slots that we would usually reserve for advertisers who want to pay to promote um, which we've had on uh, for most of the show um, we are now reserving those for for local michigan businesses who are um, you know still operating um, and are could could use a help that aren't going to be you know given a big corporate bailout or anything like that so mom and pop shop that's that's doing takeout or you know whatever it might be we want to give them that ad slot so they'll tell us their name what they're doing where they are and we'll hopefully direct some of our listeners to to uh patronize them and and um and go give them a few bucks and and tip the delivery driver as well 
it's literally like the least that we can do. We're not martyrs. Like we just know how much insane privilege that we have in our situation to be okay where we are. And, you know, it's not, we're not complaining about having to record this podcast twice a week. It's a blessing to be able to record it twice a week. That and Brad's wife would kill us because if uh, he's not on the podcast talking for an hour and a half twice a week, uh, that means she has to listen to him. And um, I'm not sure how that would go for her. (laughs) The uh, phrase, this is what I'm writing on the divorce papers have been used by her at least a dozen times in the last three days alone. (laughs) She is very sick of me right now. Because uh, I I work with the public, so needless to say, my work has been shut down for over a week now. Thankfully, I work for a good corporation, and they're still paying me. I don't know how long that'll last, but uh, I've come out of it uh, pretty okay so far, other than driving my wife and kids absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna close out with uh, with one question that's that's non hockey related. Um, to be honest, I, I thought we were going to get to the non-hockey stuff much sooner. So that's I think that's a testament to all of us uh, that we were able to, you know, pull almost a full hour of content out of very little happening. Um, so with this gap in hockey, um, there's, you know, every every week we have hours of our time that we would normally be watching hockey games and maybe rewatching them or, or writing, et cetera, about them. Um, so because of that, we have time to, to do other things. Um, so just kind of, we'll just go around the table. Like, what are you, what are you currently like watching? Um, what are you playing? If you're into video games or any type of, you know, other type of games, uh, you know, what are you doing with your time, uh, that you would normally be doing, uh, you know, spend that time watching hockey. Uh, I, I got a switch. Yay. I've always put it off and then I've just been like both myself and and Mel, my girlfriend are are not losing our minds, but you know, we're, we don't want to get there. So I got a switch, uh, and animal crossing is going to be here on Tuesday and then Mario party. Um, I played uh, call of duty Warzone with Evan the other day. Uh, Mm -hmm. he tried his best to carry me, but unfortunately I was too much dead weight. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, just just the typical, you know, game, sit in your house coat way too long, drink more coffee than you need to because you're at home kind of thing. I used to love playing Call of Duty when I was younger, and then I tried to play an online version maybe a couple years ago, and my reflexes are not good enough anymore because I come around the corner and I get killed before I even see there's somebody there, and then an eight-year-old laughs at me. So I had to give up the uh, the Call of Duty online lifestyle, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I've been living you, my. <laughs> uh, I've been living my best dad life, uh, just spending uh, as much time with the kids as I can, because uh, obviously I've got a three-year-old and a five-month-old, so they yeah. are eating up a good chunk of my time. Um, when I'm not just playing with them or doing whatever, I've been doing an unholy amount of cleaning, because <laughs> kids tend to ruin a house and. <laughs> Um, given that I work in hockey, uh, podcast in hockey and play hockey three times a week in a normal setting, I'm going absolutely nuts. So I have an unfinished basement and I cleaned out half of it. So I have room to stick handle and shoot around with my daughter a little bit. And that, (laughs) that is keeping me moderately sane for the time being. I think that's the best we can all hope for right now. Moderately sane. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's getting tough to find anything to do once you've cleaned your house four times, and you can only do so many things so many times in a row before you really start to run out of ideas. <laughs> the one thing that gets Sorry. me the most is that you, you, you're like, I'm working from home, and so I'm spending my time working from home working, um, and then I'm still at home, and so I'm making dishes and making a mess, but I don't have the time to clean it. So at the end of the day, I'm used to coming home tired and not wanting to, to, to clean dishes. And now that's heightened, even though I'm spending more time at home, which seems like a, a, a load of crap. To, <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys swear, so I'll just say a load of crap. And it's like there's a little dish goblin that's just making dishes every day. I have to wash out every cup that I've ever owned in my life. They're all in my sink. It's, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I definitely feel you there. Um, as somebody who's been uh, teaching in quotation marks from home for two weeks now, uh, it, it it gets old pretty quickly. It's it's kind of hard to do. Um, like I I am fortunate that our district is is very is is doing it in a smart way because it's one of those things where you start to think about okay yeah we're just gonna teach from home we're gonna do this remote you know distance learning everybody has a Chromebook. Um, and, you know, this could definitely work. And then then you start to think about it and you start to think about all the stuff that you didn't think about. Like, for example, there are people that don't have Wi-Fi in their house. You know, like I, you know, somebody like me, I've had Wi-Fi for what feels like forever. Um, so I wouldn't even have thought of that. But there's, you know, there's a lot of people in our district that don't have Wi-Fi at home. So the district went out and they bought a bunch of mobile hotspots so that they can provide, you know, wireless Internet to people in the community who need it. Um, and you know, some other schools they're doing like, you have to be on your computer at eight o'clock for this class and you're going to have this class for an hour or 40 minutes or whatever it is. And then you have to be on your computer for this next class. And there, you know, there are people who are number one. I mean, obviously you got people sick, you know, but then there's people who, uh, you know, they need to take care of their, their brother and sister while their parents are at work, or they need to go and work because their parents are home and they can't work and they need to make money. Um, so I will say that our district has done a pretty good job of being flexible and coming up with a good way to do it. Uh, but at the same time, it is, it's, it's hard. It's, it's very frustrating because it's not even close to the same, um, you know, no matter how hard, no matter how hard you try. Uh, but yeah, I can definitely uh, empathize with the being home uh, and having it, you know, being home normally is, is pretty cool. Like if we have a snow day, hey, that's awesome. This is a fun. And, you know, once you get it up to like two weeks, it's like, OK, this is enough. Let's go back. Um, but Jay, uh, what about you? What are you what are you doing? What are you up to? Well, I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad you asked, Pete, because I'm yeah. I, I, I a story happened between when you and I said, hey, we're recording tomorrow and while we're recording right now. So mm. uh, I, I just I just want to regale you with what uh, my um, lockdown, stay home, stay safe uh, life has been like. So uh, when, when, the, when the order came down, I uh, approached my wife and I said, hey, so, you know, given the amount of beverages that that I, we've, you know, I'm kind of looking to stock up on. You know, maybe it's time we get that mini fridge we were talking about because we were thinking about just getting a fridge to put near our little bar area. So that way, uh, because to, let's just say I claimed eminent domain of the crisper drawer in the actual fridge and she didn't like that. So the <laughs> uh, vegetables started to encroach their way back into the crisper drawer. So kind of just like in the, in the uh, you know, under the shadow of night, the more vegetables would appear. And so more and more the beer and uh, soda just completely lost its footing. So they basically just had to abscond to uh, Australia, AKA the mini fridge. 
And uh, so we, we we journeyed out to the to the Jundland wastes that is Target, and uh, we, we we got the fridge. Uh, we were gonna get this taller one, but uh, it was uh, like I said, tall and didn't really make sense for our space. So uh, hooked the whole thing up, uh, plugged it in, put all the drinks and the cans and stuff in there, all the beer and whatnot. So um, you know, it, it warmed everything up, and then. Uh, Day before yesterday, uh, we were just kind of sitting on the couch watching uh, uh, whatever on, on on Netflix, and we kind of heard like this popping or just kind of ruffled s- noise somewhere, and then like a little bit of a uh, like a clang. And I was like, what was that? Well, I don't know. I looked around, couldn't even see anything. Uh, and then the next day, aka yesterday, uh, I went to go grab a, uh, a a nice, cool, refreshing Coca Cola. Gosh, I wish they sponsored us. Uh, and uh, there was, um, I, I pulled out of the can of Coke and I set it down on the table. And then I was like, "Huh, there's a there's some soda splatter and a pop like a like a, a can tab on it, like just just by itself. What is this?" So uh, right now I'm uh, literally about to upload a uh, a photo to the uh, our, our Skype chat here, um, and uh, and I'll send it to you guys as well. But basically what had happened was I was a very smart person, which by the sarcasm means I'm a dumb person. I, I, I unfortunately set the uh, 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 cold knob a little too cold because what had happened was uh, four cans of Coke exploded. And uh, I, 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 I opened it up and the, the photo is basically the back of my fridge turned into what the corridors of the army base looked like in Aliens. <laughs> You know where the where the where the Marines go in and like all the walls are covered in the in the muck and the and the, and the you know kidnapped uh, uh, Hadley's Hope uh, in residence and uh, I, I I took a picture of it and uh, I'll, I'll post it on the internet for people to look at but uh, good good Lord I was I was I was frightened I was disgusted I was really scared that when I reached in there a face hugger would jump out and attach itself to me impregnating my chest with a little tiny Coke can. That would then burst out of my chest whenever I felt thirsty. Um, so that so that's so that's been what my what my quarantine life has been like. Um, uh, what I'm watching, uh, I'm I'm literally just burning through a bunch of anime stuff that I hadn't watched in years. Uh, for those, again, this is probably a, f- a foregone conclusion to a lot of people, but again, just reiterating, uh, Cowboy Bebop is a transcendental piece of art i i have found myself actually crying at a couple of the episodes it's so very well made so if you haven't watched in a while go check it out it's on hulu um i haven't watched this tiger king madness yet uh i've only watched a couple minutes of it like in toto but um and then other than that you know just trying to clean the house um you know rearranging i mean i what's funny was uh it wasn't until this uh, quarantine that i found out i had a desk (laughs) <laughs> I, I just I didn't I I didn't know I had a desk uh, and 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 I just cleared a bunch of stuff out. I actually have a nice external monitor, so I actually have a work space for my wife and I to share. And uh, so you know that's it's not all it's not all rain clouds, you guys. It's there's <laughs> yeah. there's some positivity in there, and um, so I yeah. So yeah, some sometimes so the liquid falling. Watching. Sometimes the yeah. liquid falling from the sky is Coca Cola that has exploded out of your mini fridge. Oh man, that's yes. a dream. <laughs> Um, all right, real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, so I've been, uh, I, I bought a Switch as well, actually a while ago, um, and I've been playing that off and on. 
but uh, lately I've been playing Doom Eternal because I am a huge fan of Doom and I, I really like the first one that they remade. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so this one's a lot of fun. It's uh, just like the classic Doom game for me. It's I play for a while and I get to a part that I just die over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then I stop and then I come back later and I usually beat it the first time I come back to it. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Uh <laughs> The, the funny thing is, like, in movies, I don't really like graphic violence very much, but I think because this is so cartoony, over-the-top, um, I'm definitely really enjoying that. I'm very much looking forward in two weeks, I think, Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out, which I've been excited for for a long time. I actually bought a PlayStation 4 just to be able to play that game, uh, so that's going to be very exciting. Um, and watching, actually, Jay knows about this because we were talking the other night. I am going back and re-watching uh, for the second time. I am watching the HBO series Watchmen, uh, which is probably my favorite show of the last, easily the last year, probably the last few years. Uh, my wife had not seen it. And so we're going back and watching it. She, for the first time, I'm watching it the second time. I don't want to give anything away for people that haven't seen it. But I will say, if you watched it the first time, you really enjoyed it, go back and watch it a second time because... There are some amazing kind of foreshadowing things that are really hidden uh, the first time. Like there's some stuff in the first episode I had to write down. Like I, I stopped and texted uh, our mutual friend Max Boltman because he's a big fan of Watchmen. And I was like, holy shit, do you remember this part? And uh, in the first two episodes that we've watched so far, there's been some really awesome uh, foreshadowing of things to come. So uh, if you haven't seen that, definitely check that out. It's worth watching. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end of our show. So um, first of all, let me make sure that I give the proper shout outs for the Twitters. Right. So um, you can find uh, you can find Jay at uh, the roar underscore 24. You can find me not on Twitter anymore. So you can find the podcast at 200 foot pod 200 FTPOD. Uh, you can find our podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash for shirts. And you can find our awesome guests. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the podcast as a whole is at wing wheel pod. Um, and then we have Brad Crisco at his name, B R A D K R Y S K O. Uh, you have Ryan Hanna, WWP. And then Evan is at Hockey Town Evan, right? So you definitely give them a follow if you don't already. Um, download their podcast, subscribe to it. It is a lot of fun to listen to. Um, so thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show. We really had a good time. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thanks so much for having us, eh? Yeah, anytime. Thanks, guys. For sure. 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 For sure, for sure. For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure.